Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. Anya, I know you're a bit bleary-eyed from being uh, up all night in front of the television, but what did we just watch? (laughs) We just watched 24 Season 2, which, as you'll remember, originally aired between October 29th, 2002, and May 20th, 2003, on Fox. So this is the second season of 24, also known as Day 2. Yeah, so it's 24 hours of television. (laughs) Which we just put in for this podcast. We're doing the work, folks. 
We're doing it all for you. (laughs) Now, as I recall, this is your first experience with 24. Never watched it uh, growing up and... uh, then you thought you were too good for it. I did. I really, I really. You were snot nosed, elitist. I once New did. York punk. I once had dreams, but you know, we won't talk about that. <laughs> then you met me, and we took care of those. Once had self respect too. <laughs> it's all gone now, and I'm a 24 watcher. <laughs> um, yeah, it was. I was interested in this because it was. Uh, you you were adamant that we start with season two rather than jumping right into season one, which. Season one has kind of a slower pace. Okay, we don't want that. We want the high octane shit. And this was, uh, yeah, this one started out pretty aggressive. Oh, yes, it does. <laughs> so, so, what, what, what kept you away from watching Twenty Four? And were your preconceptions correct? Were they off base? Or explain, talk at length. It felt like one of those things that you know, if you didn't get into it at the time, which you know, I was, it was, I was too young for it. You know, it was very violent, had a very violent reputation. And then when I was, you know, old enough to watch it on my own, it was like, I why would I go back? It seemed like a one of those things that seemed like an artifact of the early 2000s or something. So I, I wasn't keen to watch it. I, I, I In college, I kind of got into a, like a John le Carre phase, like where I was reading, you know, some of those novels and I enjoyed those. So I, I enjoyed espionage, but I think because I started with those, it's like I enjoyed the more realistic espionage and so i just it never seemed like something that would interest me and then i meet the man of my dreams kevin greenley he's a i mean to my shock frankly a massive 24 fan now why would that shock you i don't know it it seemed like i i'm kind of a tough guy a jack bauer type (laughs) but i exude that sort of energy yeah (laughs) no comment um it's like it just seemed like one of those things like people got really into like before the Iraq war or something. So just, I always associate it with kind of like, you know, like, like war on terror kind of rah, rah America stuff. And, you know, you just didn't strike me as that kind of guy. Boy, was I shocked. <laughs> By then it was too late. I already had a ring on your finger. <laughs> you already you snuck in like Jack Bauer on one of his missions. <laughs> I tricked you. <ya. laughs> um, no, but I actually ended up really enjoying this. Uh, more than I thought I would, frankly. And I, w- I was, yeah, I was kind of, I mean, <laughs> this premise is crazy, guys. This is an insane season of television. A nuclear weapon is on the loose in the United States. And it might go off in Los Angeles. And can I just add that the fact that these guys have the balls to set their series in Los Angeles is hilarious to me. Like, like they were, you know, like... You- <laughs> Like you'd think they'd be based in somewhere like in Virginia, like around DC or something, but they're no, they're in they're in LA for some reason, along well, with the entertainment industry. Yeah, that's where the studio is based. That's where it's easiest. And it just makes to me film. smile. I just think that's like some... it was for production reasons. It's just so ridiculous. <laughs> it's just embarrassing, and I love it. But a Agent Jack Bauer has to stop this nuclear bomb from going off. Actually, uh, you're, you're misspeaking, and you've embarrassed yourself and brought shame upon both of us. At the beginning of the story, and in fact, at no time during the story, is he a CTU agent. Okay, well, whatever. Because after the tragic events of season one... Spoiler alert. He's resigned, he's grown a big beard, and he's living alone, very sad, not doing much of anything. Why they is got he... A br- 
Why is he so sad? Something I didn't know going into this. Uh, in the shocking finale of season one, his wife is killed. His wife is killed, and then he quits the agency. But they need him for one last job. That really becomes like what seven more seasons of jobs. Well, he he's not a member of CTU for most of those seasons. Okay, well, whatever. He's working on behalf of the U.S. government. He's doing tasks on behalf of them. Such a lawyer, jeez. I, I think he's uh, in CTU in season three, but then after that, not so much. He's doing stuff for the U.S. Then he US goes to a. work for Secretary of Defense Heller. You're looking at you're looking at me very meaningfully about that. I don't. Um, but this one, he's running around basically trying to stop this bomb going off, and we're seeing all this different stuff. It's very and exciting. also. I think you were a little surprised because in the first episode of the program that you saw, he kills a guy and beheads him. And this is our hero. I don't even remember that. So, so many things happened in the program. The, the little detail, like our hero, our tragic hero, killing a man and cutting off his head. Who did he kill again? <laughs> wait. Let's go back to the beginning and watch it again. No, wait, wait. Who, who, who clue me in. Who? Uh, he wants to get information about this nuclear weapon. He thinks uh, a, a particular little gang might have information about it, and he wants to get in good with that gang. He has to do it in a hurry since the bomb might go off today. So he says, oh, there's this guy that testified against them. Bring him in here. And when he, they bring this man into the office, Jack Bauer shoots him dead and cuts off his head. Holy shit, I forgot about that. Jesus Christ. It's one of those shows where it's like, it's like if you've ever like drank too much caffeine and then have been just doing things all day, and like one crisis happens, and then the next crisis, there's no breaks, and then at the end of the day, you're like, like did I turn off the oven? Like, like, like you don't even know what's going on. That's it's that kind of show. That's your introduction to the character. He kills a man and beheads him in front of his boss. He'll do anything to get the job done. <laughs> <laughs> and you, at the time, you were shocked by that, but now, now it's, I just you don't I don't even remember it. I'm it's like so a. I'm a grizzled veteran here. I'm like smoking a cigarette. And I'm like I have like a stubble. I'm just I'm just a different person now. I I literally didn't even remember that because it's been like it's a very entertaining show, but it's a show that a lot happens. It doesn't like linger in your mind because there's so much happening, so you remember like certain things, and then other things that sound really crazy that you would definitely remember, you know, completely go out of your mind. But then again, I feel like I've trained. For this show, in a way, because a, a show that also you could describe in that way was Lost. Except Lost was much stupider and tried to act like it was much smarter, even though it wasn't. So I, re I respect 24 for being honest. You know, they're just, they're not coming into me like, what's the real mystery? Oh, is, is Jack Bauer uh, a symbol of, you know, no, fuck that. It's just, it's just pulp. It's just everyone's running around doing action. Lost is a show where they would be like, doing stuff like there's a polar bear on the island oh how are they able to make a call oh no what do these numbers mean and th that would be acting like oh my god it's all deep and it wasn't so of the two shows i feel like this one ages better because it's not it's not uh trying to pose itself as an intellectual 
like uh, Lost was, but it, it has yeah, the you, same you kind were, of You were vibe. watching your J.J. Abrams stuff, and I was watching 24. J.J. Abrams wasn't the only person involved in the making of it, but he did probably make it worse with the whole uh, time travel bullshit. Anyway, but no, this is I, this is terrific. I mean, this is like a, this is just ridiculous, high-octane action, ridiculous adventure, uh, stuff that doesn't age well, a lot of the terrorism angle, you know? This, like they try to, they try to play acute with some of the, like the Islamic, uh, angles of like you know, oh, or, you know the Muslim terrorists and stuff, and it's it's kind of like yikes at that. But they also they you also kind of try to have it both ways where they're kind of like being very like they're obviously this season is all like seems to be like culminating in a very liberal criticism of like the Bush administration getting us into the. Iraq war without, you know, Which is exactly evidence. what you'd expect from a Fox program. <laughs> Which is funny, but it's it's kind of like, yeah. I I And I also know this is the type of show where you you, you often try to guess what happens next. Yeah, you and do. and you you always pride yourself on your ability. We'll be watching uh some sort of mystery program and like 2 minutes late in you say, "Well, Kevin, I'm going to spoil it for you completely. This person did this, this, and that. You have it all figured out." And then uh, I I, I storm storm away in tears, but but in twenty four great acting, <laughs> you really sold 20, that performance. In twenty four, there are numerous times, for better or for worse, where you said, "Well, Kevin, obviously, uh, the evil person is secretly TK," and you'd be completely wrong. It's like very hard to anticipate like what a coked up writers' room is going to decide. <laughs> I, I'm used to dealing in the realm of people, uh, people like just making decisions based on characters or, you know, what 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 the what the the conventions of the genre need. And in this, they're really just leaning into like whatever the fuck like looks cool for five minutes. And I I respect the hell out of it. I think you enjoyed being surprised. I did. Taken unawares. There were a lot of points where I, there was like, what you know, like literally, literally, this is a thing that happens. This is a literal thing that happens. So the guy from the Allstate commercials, uh, Dennis Haysbert, TV's David Palmer. TV's David Palmer. He's great. He's like a very presidential dude. Loved him. He decides at one point he realizes that like his de- secretary of defense or someone is like <laughs> is secretly working with the guys who are bringing in a nuclear bomb. So first of all, what the fuck? Second of all. He, he orders his Secret Service agents to start torturing this guy for information. And it's like, I didn't see that coming at all. I think if I saw that coming, you should have me, like, committed or something. That's an insane development. The show loves torture and seems to think that torture probably works. I'm agreeing with you. That's something that's a well they go to quite frequently. Yes, it is, and uh, yeah, and that that probably doesn't age well either. This all seems very early two thousands, you know. Like we we want to we want to feel safe after nine eleven. Uh, other than Jack and President Palmer, who were some of the performers or characters that were real standouts for you? Well, there's a whole there's a whole one of those subplots at the beginning where you're like, how the fuck does this relate to anything? But you know it's going to end up weaved in. And that's this very waspy family. Uh this very white family, these two blonde girls who are sisters and their dad. Uh 
there it's a family wedding and in the, the younger sister uh named something is it marie 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 is getting married to a young man uh who is a practicing muslim and and he, he's from uh, i don't remember where in the middle east but he, you know he's coming into the family his name's reza it's reza marie they're getting married and, you know, there's, there's some tensions that are kind of happening, but it's just mostly like a wedding story. So at first you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then you're like, oh, this is going to be related. And then the show tries, like, it, it just, they, they the way they loop in just gets crazier and crazier every episode. But Kate's like the older sister, and she's like, she's like aware that something's kind of going on in the background that's not, that's not right. But, you know, it's, that's, that's one that ends up getting looped in. Uh, one complaint you had early on, beheading the guy, that didn't bother you. Yeah, that's Tuesday for me. Uh, one complaint you had was uh, the, the, the tale is told in real time. So if Jack is doing something exciting and then he says, oh, now I have to go on the other side of town and do something exciting there, you need to have a period of time. You can't just cut to that. You need to have a period of time with other characters in order to give Jack the time to get over the other side of town. Yes. And you felt some of the scenes with other characters, like the inter-office drama with the president yes. and stuff. You felt that was a snooze. There could be... So the, the other main plots, I'll describe them, and then I'll talk about some examples of what was going wrong with that. There's inter-office drama for the president, where the president and his staff are dealing with the nuclear bomb crisis, and they're, and they're doing stuff. And that could be interesting. It was sometimes interesting. And then other times it was basically like the president would be like, let me sit down and think for five hours about how we're going to deal with a reporter that has this story who we don't want to go live. And it's like, okay. And then the other one that could be interesting or could be a total snooze was the CTU office. That's the cyber terrorism. I don't know what the fuck they are. They're the, they're the basically the CIA counterterrorism, counterterrorism people. And they're, 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 they could be doing something interesting to help Jack or it could be like, oh, no, we got a new boss, and she's mean to me. And it would be like, oh, my God. And so th those were those were mixed bags. The one area that was actually surprisingly exciting was the wedding, because, like, you're like, where the fuck is this going to go? You know it's going to go off a cliff. And then the one that was just like, ugh, and it's as cliche to say at this point, but the Kim subplot, Jack Bauer has a teenage daughter. She's angsty. She's... For some reason, in a Lifetime movie in this in this season, where she has to flee from this guy who killed her, you know, she's working for a married couple as like an au pair or something, and the husband murders the wife, and she has to take the young girl and run, and it's just, and then she gets like lost in the woods, and there's a you know a cougar chasing her. It's her stupid. boyfriend gets paralyzed. Her boyfriend gets paralyzed. It's just depressing and stupid, and you're like, I don't want to see this. I mean, I I just. This is just kind of dumb, and it feels totally tangential to the actual plot of what's going on. You think you enjoyed the wedding storyline so much because telling a wedding and something approaching real time brought back happy memories of the last season of How I Met Your Mother? I don't have any happy associations with that. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Do you love saving money? Then Philo is your solution. 
Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles, just a better way to watch TV. Never miss a minute of shows like the hit docuseries Where is Wendy Williams or classics such as Friends. If you can't get enough TV, then there's no better way to watch. Philo has more than 70 channels like BET, MTV, and AMC. And the best part? You can try it yourself with their seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash poppods. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash P-O-P-P-O-D-S to get 50% off your first month. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. What do you think of uh, Kiefer Sutherland? He's great. He's very he's very charismatic and dynamic and you totally buy that he's he's like a all in committed guy trying to trying to do crazy shit and save the country. So yeah, he's terrific. He has a very intense, uh, tortured performance. I think you said you were disappointed not to see more of Aaron Pierce. <sighs> when uh, Aaron Pierce, one of the Secret Service agents, first pops up on the screen. Kevin Greenlee, my husband, my love, turns to me and said, that's Aaron Pierce, the people's hero, <laughs> as if I was supposed to know what the fuck he was talking about. And then the guy basically does nothing this whole season, but he tells me that in later seasons, the Secret Service agent is going to become a pretty big deal. It's Aaron Pierce. The people's hero. And I was surprised uh, last week we watched this Air Force One thing and the actor who plays Aaron Pierce also plays a Secret Service agent in that movie. Only he gets killed almost immediately. He doesn't get to be heroic for any of the people. Yeah, that's his, I guess that's his little acting niche, which is kind of fun. Um, I Speaking of that... mm -hmm. 2024 presidential election. Harrison Ford is that president whose name I've already forgotten. James Marshall. James Marshall is running against David Palmer. Who gets the coveted Kane vote? David Palmer. He doesn't, he does, he's, he's, he's ethical. Well, except for the torture. That's pretty bad. But he's, he's reasoned, he's rational. He imprisoned a reporter. But he just annoys me less than James Marshall. <laughs> you know, after living with the reporter, you know, I can kind of understand where he was coming from. Yeah, you were hooting and hollering at the, when they jailed the reporter. You were like, that's what they should do to all of them, with a pointed glance towards me. <laughs> Don't you think it would teach you some respect? <laughs> I love that whole stupid subplot because it was so dumb. Basically, the reporter, like, gets, gets a scoop that there's a nuclear bomb in America, and then they, like, lock him up in a conference room for, like, two hours, and then he runs out anyway and, and breaks it, and it's like, what? what? That, was all, that was all obviously supposed to just, like, they couldn't think of anything for them to be doing in this time, so they just decided to have this stupid side, 
you know, sidebar situation. And then there's also a real world uh, production issue, which uh, I believe caused you some dismay. Uh, at that time, when you'd get uh, a season order, they'd pick you up for like 13 episodes or something like that. And then if you do well, they'll pick you up for the rest of the season. And 24 ostensibly tells a 24 part story. But, you know, in the back of their heads, they have to think, well, there's a chance we're not going to get picked up for the full 24 episodes. So if we have a 13 episode uh, order, let's make sure we finish up the story in 13 episodes. And then when it's then renewed for the rest of the season, they have to come up with something for those episodes, too. So you felt that once they wrapped up the nuclear bomb story in hour 13 or 14 or whatever it was, some of the momentum was lost. Uh, yeah, I think most of the momentum was lost. And it's had some entertaining moments for sure. But the kind of raw, visceral, uh-oh, we need to get our shit together on this was totally lost. And I thought that was a shame because that was really intense. Made for a really fun viewing too. Um, and I feel like they could have maybe... So basically, it's like switching out... It's like switching... I mean, the stakes crater. <laughs> you know, it just collapses in and of itself. Because if it goes from... Let's stop the nuclear bomb from going off in Los Angeles to let's try to avert war in the Middle East based on false premises. And I get what they were doing with that. And I get that the implication is, oh, it's going to be World War Three. Maybe I'm speaking as a jaded millennial or whatever, but I just there was something more concrete and tidy about the bomb subplot, to be honest. And the idea that the idea that the government the executive branch is going to be rational enough to be swayed by the evidence regarding a you know a war with people you know basically certain middle eastern countries that they are very careful to not name are blamed you know are set up to be the fall guys for the nuclear weapon getting into the country like and there's a faked recording of representatives from those countries talking with the terrorists behind the bomb plot. And it's, it's all supposed to make them look bad so that the U S will attack and oil prices will go up. And listen, I don't, I don't hate that as a concept. It's ridiculous, but I, I mean, it's kind of, that's kind of what you expect. But the problem is that it's like the, the vice president is the main force behind the war and he's advocating it for it, for it to happen. But there's also, he also has to be open to reason, right? And be able to call it off if it comes to that. And I just don't feel like, I don't know. It, it, you can do like a bomb subplot in a day, but like an entire war subplot in a day feels like we needed more focus on that from the beginning. Just feels kind of like out there and, and less concrete and less tangible. One thing I remember really bothered me back in the day I, I watched uh, season I watched season two as it was being broadcast week by week. Uh, and one thing that bothered me at the time was periodically you think they were oh, they finally caught the bad guy. But right before they captured the bad guy, he makes a call to a shadowy figure who's the real bad guy. And then when they get close to that bad guy, he makes a shadowy phone call to get another uh, shadowy figure who's the real bad guy. They keep on doing that. Yeah, they go back to that well a little bit too much. And then the other thing that uh, 
it felt like they were trying to do a shock moment at the end of the episode where they were like calling back to the end of season one where they, they want to make it look like President Palmer has been killed. And uh, they're not going to kill President Palmer. You know that, don't you? He's President Palmer. You told me that yeah. just now. No, the I, I kept expecting with the bad guy phone calls that somebody would be like, hey, boss, like it didn't go so well. Uh, they got the bomb back, and then it cuts to you on the phone. Like, what? <laughs> and then you pick up the phone, and, like, and then your rings, and, and you're and like. I'm calling you. Yeah, you're calling me. And then suddenly we, then I'm I'm frantically dialing the call, like, we need to call it all off, and it's Lanny picking up the phone. Lanny's our dog. Her doggy landline. <laughs> it's a bone-shaped phone. <laughs> She's the one behind everything. It, it's just, it, they, and also none of the, basically it's like, first it's like, a American guy with a beard, and then it's a French guy on a boat, and then it's the then it's a kind of a guy with a vaguely British accent sitting in a restaurant, and it's like none of these people are distinctive or interesting enough to really care who it is. Like it could just be one person. Just keep it concrete, and then save the final phone call at the end if you want to be like, oh, he has an enemy to fight next season. Yeah, it shows uh, the signs of being improvised. This whole show has a highly improvisational feel to it, and I respect that. Makes it interesting. How, how did you feel about the way it was all wrapped up in the census-shattering season finale? Well, it, it involved one of, one of the characters who became my favorite characters, which was the, the ex-first lady who is like the, portrayed as like this really Machiavellian person, and she's... She shows up at the president's war room when this all starts happening and it's like, David, like, I'm your ex-wife. You know, you must let me in. David, I'm just doing it for you. And like is really like acting the hell out of everything, really overacting, just being completely over the top, being a total nuisance. He throws her ass out eventually and then she's kind of dicking around and then, you know, turns out she was involved with the plot. But then Jack is able to get to her and sort of pushes her to join his side. So she and Jack basically team up to, like, try to trick the bad guys into into doing what, like, you know, like the, the, the kind of the, the downfall of every idiot you've seen kill their spouse and then get arrested for it, like, on Dateline, which is just, you know, <laughs> confessing to somebody who's obviously wearing a wire. So she's going, like... Oh, you know, what did you think about the whole your whole plot to bring a bomb into the United States? And he's like, I think it went, you know, pretty badly because the bomb didn't go out. Like, it's like, what, what? Why is this guy, first of all, showing up in person himself to do this instead of sending his one of his infant henchmen after her? I mean, it just it's so ridiculous. But anyway, they team up and then there's like a shootout at this stadium, and it's just crazy. I loved it. So you dug it. I just loved her because she was so, like, over the top and, like, unpredictable. Like, I would I would not have expected that she would, like, turn to the quote-unquote good side for a second at the end. But, like, kind of made sense because it's in her own interest at that point. And then she's, like, yelling things like, it was never supposed to go this far. The bomb was never supposed to come into the country. And it's like, can you imagine if you get to a point in your life where <laughs> you have to say something like that to clarify? Like, yes, I was involved in the nuclear bomb plot, but it was not supposed to get this far. You're a longtime 24 fan. For you, doing this rewatch, how did the show hold up? Uh, I still enjoyed it. Keith Sutherland's performance is terrific. 
it's still interesting and fun even when you know the plot twists, especially when you're watching with someone who uh, doesn't know the plot twists and thinks she can figure them out and falls flat on her face. Oh, my God. Well, that's the thing. And also, there's so much weirdness going on at every time that it is, like, I'm sure if we watched it again, like, in a, in, in a year, there would be stuff I didn't remember. Where I'd be like, you didn't, oh, you yeah. didn't remember him beheading a man. I did not remember that. That was a crazy opening. Uh, I, th- I thought the parts that were good seemed just as good, if not better. The parts that were weaker, like the, the parts with his daughter, Kim, seemed worse. It, it was still gripping and entertaining. I, I do remember when I went back and watched season one at some point, I was shocked by how slow it seemed and by how young Jack Bauer looked. And that he was like living in a house with his wife and daughter. That's Jack Bauer? He's such a tragic figure. You love him. You love that character. What do you, do you love Jack Bauer? I do. Yeah, he's very intense, very tortured. What what, what appealed to you about old Jack Bauer? You liked him so much at first, and then it just yeah, he just gives a really good performance, and he he carries the whole show, and uh, is something I like about a character that's so determined. Yeah, I, and I remember when I first saw when I, I, I what happened. My history with the show is uh, I saw the season premiere. I started hearing about the show during the first season, but it felt like wait, it's already on. It's a twenty-four part story. I've yeah. already missed. Yeah, I got better things to do. But then I watched the first episode of season two, and I enjoyed it so much. I went out and bought the DVD. <laughs> of season one thing well i'll just watch you know an episode here or there and i ended up watching the complete season one before i saw episode two of season two and i just remember it seemed really fast paced breakneck speed and just gripping and then a few years later when i rewatched it it just felt like really slow pace compared to what the show had become so that was interesting yeah they they it gives the impression of people in a car being like, faster, 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 like, just hitting the gas pedal. And even season two at times felt a little bit slower paced than I remembered compared to the later seasons. Once they got you hooked, they just kept, you know, hitting it harder and harder and yeah, never let up. I know you said you want to watch season five. I remember that one begins with some shocking events and it never lets up. Oh. I, I really I really enjoyed this. I th- think some things were very clunky. The, uh, the kind of choosing to make it like an Islamic terrorist bad guy was kind of like yikes from for nowadays. Given some of the stuff that happened early two thousands, you're kind of like oof. But generally, like the plotting, I thought was really successfully. It made it so like it made it so that even when Kim was like running from a cougar or like you know jack bauer's friends in ctu were you know dealing with controlling management which it was boring you never you never felt like the it didn't somehow it didn't slow down the show like it just kept going it's like a shark it's like a shark and maybe you're shooting like a water gun at the shark but you know that's not gonna affect the shark it's just gonna keep coming at you you know and so i was i was impressed with it from that standpoint even things that you feel like would have been like completely deadly to a different show didn't seem to kind of 
It just still was exciting and kind of entertaining. It was gripping. Yeah. So you got why I got hooked on the show. I got why you got it. I'm looking forward to watching season five, continuing our tradition of just skipping over random seasons based on Kevin's recommendation. I mean, if you really want to watch season three. You told me it was pretty stupid. <laughs> it has some good things in it. I think I believe that's the season that introduces your new friend, Chloe. But she doesn't seem to be a very interesting character in her first introduction. Right. Well, maybe we can watch the two and five and then go back and watch some of the other ones. All right. There's, a, there's plenty of 24 to go I over. just think it's a brilliant premise to use a kind of a real-time... I think that kind of is what keeps it really interesting because you like, you know that maybe you're going to have to spend a few minutes watching Kim yell at her boyfriend, but at, you know at a certain point it's going to come back around and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. Even if, you know, uneven, but certainly very exciting. And that's sort of what the show exists for, right? It's succeeding with its main mission. Even the weakest episodes are still pretty gripping. Yeah. There's so much happening. I mean, yeah, it's like there's like there's there's a shocking amount of filler, and yet it doesn't feel like it. It feels very lean. What is your five star final take? I'd say that with twenty four season two, time flies when you're having fun. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me. That's mystery underscore to underscore me underscore. And at mystery to me podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast.